There we go. If she starts talking back while I'm talking, we're going to have a problem, but I think, I think we're good. Are y'all glad you're here today? We are so glad you're here. Give the Lord a hand just for getting to be out today, getting to be together. If I have never met you before, it is my honor that you took time out of your crazy busy schedule to join us at North Star. We begin this brand new series on prayer today, and we've got a full room in here uh, during break, which is crazy. I know there's a few of you in the theater today, and for those of you watching online, thanks for joining us, and I think these next few weeks could change the trajectory of our lives. Some of us, we hear prayer, and we go, yeah, I pray, but I really want to get better at praying. I want to get stronger in my prayer life. It's probably the spiritual muscle that I use the least. I believe in prayer, and I want to access prayer more, and that's sort of the perspective you're coming at it with. Others of you, your perspective is, well, I know that people pray. I've heard people pray at dinner, and I'm all about prayer. I think it's a good thing, and I've had tests that I've prayed for, and I've had people that I've offered up a prayer for, and, and all those kind of things. And so, yeah, I believe it, but I don't really do it a lot. I, I think about it, and I know that I could. I'm aware of it, but I really don't do anything with it. Well, this series maybe takes you from point A to point B. Some of you, though, you walked in and you said, Mike, I don't even know, number one, if there's a God, and if there is a God, I'm not sure why that God would want to hear from people. I don't know that this person, whoever it is, would care enough to hear from average, ordinary, somebody like me. These next few weeks are going to be for all of you. There's nobody sitting in the sound of my voice in this room, in our theater today, or the, the lots of you watching online today that this doesn't hit you where you are. Prayer is one of those things that we never truly figure out or master, but if we could, it could change everything. Paul said in the book of Ephesians, he said this, now glory to God who's able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or think, which means for some of us, we pray prayers to a God who's big enough to do this little shovel, and that's about all we really expect. If he could just get me through today and get me through tomorrow. Others of us, we've, we've advanced a little bit, and we've moved on to the pink shovel, and we dig a little bit, but we're going we're gonna to work in the beach. Some of y'all have had these floating around your car here recently, and so, but we're going to dig a little bit at the beach, and but that's about it. It's not going to accomplish anything. But for some of us, we believe that God can do even better things. This series is about moving our prayers from this to this. So I don't know how you walked in today. I don't know where your background is. I don't know what your story is, but I'm here to tell you today, here's where I'm coming from. I'll go ahead and let you know right up front. I believe a God. I believe in a God who's asking you and telling you in his word that he would love for you to pray these prayers. 
that he's got more for you than you even think he could do or imagine that he could do. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Would you pray with me? Right where you're seated today, would you just ask the Lord to meet you where you are? Would you? Father, I believe you know the story in every voice that just went your way. You knew them before the day they were born. And you know every intricate detail of their lives. Father, today's pursuit is not for you to know them better. Father, really the pursuit of prayer is for us to know you better. So God, would you pull up a chair in our lives? Would you sit across from us? Father, may we meet with you over these next few minutes and may it unlock things in our lives we've kept closed and hidden. Father, that is my prayer and I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. So prayer is one of those things that's been... um, Even back during Jesus' time, it was very misunderstood. So you had the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day, that it was all an art form, right? It was where they prayed. It was how they prayed. Then you had the Gentiles of the day that really didn't have a faith, and they would just make up things to pray for. They would babble on and on and on and on. And Jesus has a group now of followers that are following after him, these disciples, and they want to know what it means to pray. And so Jesus begins to answer their prayers. See, many of them didn't know where to start. They didn't know how to do it. Matthew chapter 6. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Matthew chapter 6. If you don't, no worry. It's going to be up on the screens. If you have the North Star app, it would be the easiest way to follow along. Go to North Star Georgia in the App Store and it will uh, give us some really good stuff to lean in on and to go with. Matthew chapter 6. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's Word together? So let's all begin from the same baseline. We're right with the disciples. Jesus, what does it mean to pray? What does it mean to talk to somebody or something out there. Listen to what Jesus says, verse five. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everybody can see them. See, the hypocrites were people, it literally is that term of changing mask. So when they were performing for people, they would pray publicly in front of people and they would put the mask on and they would be very, very spiritual. And their whole goal was for you to look at them and go, wow, they're like the most spiritual person I've ever met. Have y'all ever been and heard somebody pray before and they use like really big words? They don't use any other time when you're talking to them. They're like, what's up, dude? And then they start praying, well, my glorious heavenly, how will it father, right? And you're going, who are you? That's, that's what he's talking about. These hypocrites would stand on a street corner and be one thing, 
but privately, they were somebody else. They were playing a game. They were playing a part. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they'll get, meaning the only thing they're going to get is the pats on the back. That's what Jesus was saying, verse 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And Jesus goes into what we know today as the Lord's Prayer. Not only does he say we should pray, he tells us how we could pray. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do, I want you to find somebody around you. Turn around and say, I really need to see the sun like soon. All right, do that real quick. You can turn around and talk. So in this, Jesus lays out some things these guys were doing wrong. And I think before we get into what to do right, let's talk about what we did wrong. The first thing, so if you got your outlines today out, you got your thumbs ready to roll, one of the things is we never carve out personal time with God. It's just doesn't fit, right? We, we're busy, we have a full calendar, work's a priority, uh, friends are priority, hobbies are priority, everything's a priority but, but God, right? I mean, it just, and that happens to you even when you believe. You can be a part of so many things. Here's the word, here's the word missing, ready? Intentional. Would you write down the word intentional? See, when you're intentional about something, it means it has priority for you. These guys were missing the time with the Lord. Look at what he said. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. What happens when you spend private time with somebody, right? I want you to write this word down, ready? Intimacy happens. It means that there's a depth that you build by spending time with somebody you can't do any other way. So we had a crazy run from Christmas through last weekend. And last weekend, Ann and I, we, we set, a, set aside a couple days to get out of town. So we played a doubleheader on Saturday. We jumped on a plane. We flew out of town for a couple days. And we rented a car. And I lost my wallet in the airport. But anyways, so it was a, quite a, quite a, quite a, I'm sorry. And so, um, so anyways, we, we got away. And Sunday morning, we got to the little place where we were staying, and we sat down across from each other and said, hi, my name's Mike. And she's like, my name's Ann. And it's like, it's great to meet you again. It's great to get to know you because it had been so crazy. We've just been going different directions. And for a couple days, we ate dinner together. We spent time together sitting. Like our version of going to the beach is like sitting. That's what we do. And it's a spiritual thing. It really is. And so we just sat and read books and, and we talked and we had dinner together and talked and we got up and we had breakfast together and we just, it was just a great time. I used all my words and ran out of her words 
Monday morning. But anyways, so, but we spent a lot of time together just for a couple days. When we spend personal time, we get to know the person we're spending time with. You don't spend time with the Lord so he can get to know you. You spend time in prayer with the Lord so you can get to know him. Does that make sense with everybody? We carve out time. These guys missed that. They didn't, they did it on street corners. They did it for everybody else. They didn't do it for this. They did it for what everybody would think about them. <clears throat> second part, second reason we don't do it sometimes is I don't see the payoff. Like, Mike, I've prayed for things and those things didn't come true. I prayed for a job I didn't get. I prayed for a healing of somebody that didn't happen. I, I don't see a payoff to it. I just, I don't know why I would waste my time doing something that I don't see a return from. Like I prayed for something and I didn't, I didn't get what I wanted back from it. Jesus, he addresses it and says, then your father who sees everything will reward you. And we go, well, reward me with what? I just don't see a payoff. If I could see the reward, then I would do it. But I, I just don't always see the reward. We don't see the peace that comes from God owns it and we don't. We just want the tangible result of it. And sometimes we feel like God's like a magic genie and we rub the bottle the right way and when I need something and it's critical in that moment, I just treat him like a magic genie and I, I rub it. I got a big exam. I know we got a lot of college students. I got a big exam coming up and I really hadn't had time to study and I know the Lord's gonna come through and give me answers I hadn't studied for. Doesn't work. All right, and so, but anyways, so we rub the magic genie. It's just, we do it. We, I do it. And then the magic genie just doesn't come through when you pray, don't babble on and on like the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words over and over again. And so we find ourselves at this juncture and we hear the word prayer and we're like, I don't discount it. I just don't really know what to do with it. And Jesus says this, get this, this is the, this is the set off of the day. Here's who you're praying to. Ready? I want you to write in those blanks. You're praying to a good father. That's who you're praying to, a good father. See, the power isn't in the words of our prayers. The power is in the object of our prayers. It's who we're praying to. It's who has the ability. And Jesus said, I want you to get this. The one that you're praying to isn't just a good father. He is a perfect father. And he's a God who sees you, he's a God who knows you, and long before you knew who he was, he knew who you were. And he would chase, he was chasing after you. That's the one you're praying to. That's the one that we're lifting these things to. That's the one when I turn and I say, I'm gonna spend time with God, I'm praying to a good father who's in heaven. Look at the way Jesus said, don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. He knows what you need. 
Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Principle number one, here's how to pray. Know this, number one, he knows my need. He knows my need. Well, Mike, then if he knows my need, why in the world would I take time to pray if he already knows it? He wants you to know that he knows it. So here's the, here's the fact of the matter. Fact of the matter is, if I don't pray, I'm saying, God, I have the ability to accomplish more than you do. And that's just not true. Every time I don't pray, I go, God, I got it. You can take the day off. I'll handle it myself. And I'll get what I get. I'll get to the maximum of my abilities what I can do. He knows what you need. And he knows when you need it. How many of you have children? Raise your hand if you have children. How many of your kids have ever asked for something and you love them, but you didn't give them what they asked for? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. My kids would have eaten Doritos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? And so it's just the way it worked and eating Cheetos in between. That's how I eat now, but I don't have to ask anybody. But anyways, so it's a beautiful thing. But we didn't do that because that's not what they needed. They wanted cars they didn't need. They wanted things they didn't get. Why? Because I knew, I understood things they didn't understand. And I wasn't a perfect dad. Oh, look at the way Jesus goes on in Matthew 7. He said, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? I'm an earthly dad. So this week, let me give you a little picture this week. So, and I got back Wednesday. We had a quick, quick little turnaround trip. Got back Wednesday. It was my birthday week. So thank you for all of you who sent me notes. And it was just so kind of you to do that. I know you feel sorry for me because you're like, dude, you're old. All right, but anyways, so that's a whole nother deal. Uh, thank you for that. But the highlight of the birthday week was I got to spend Wednesday night and Thursday night with my son who... I see him all the time. We just don't get to spend a lot of time together. And so we went and scouted baseball games. Went and watched a high school baseball game on Wednesday and went and watched a high school baseball game on Thursday. And just the drive and our time together was, it was the highlight of the week. And then Friday, Thursday night, my daughter drove in and we got to have breakfast. She's married and lives over in Winder. We got to have breakfast on Friday morning. And it was just a blessing to get to spend time with your kids because I don't get to spend one-on-one -on -one time with them a lot. And I look back at it and go, I wasn't a great dad. There were times I, I know this, y'all find this hard to believe, I yelled at Casey playing baseball like bad yelled at him. Like to the point I got put in timeout when I got home, all right? And so I did. He, he, he would miss a pot fly and it was a really big 13-year-old baseball game. And I didn't understand why he missed it. I didn't know he'd concussed himself in the dugout, but I didn't understand that. And I yelled and, and I wasn't a good dad at times. I just wasn't. Certainly wasn't perfect. There were times I wasn't even a good dad. But I still wanted good things for my son. My daughter she went through the non-sleep. Have your kids ever gone through the non-sleeping phase where they just don't want to sleep? And every night she would get up and we're like, if you, if you leave your room, we will bust you out of town immediately, all right, to a family to be determined later. And so we just were done with it. And so then she would start yelling from her room, I am thirsty. Have y'all ever heard this in your house before? I'm thirsty. 
We put water by our bed. I'm thirsty. And I remember the night, and I'm not proud of it. I share it publicly because of it, the, the Lord heard it. And I went, drink your spit, all right? Drink it, all right? Because I was so tired of getting up. And Ann looked at me like, and you're preaching tomorrow morning, all right? But anyway, so, but I was like, I tried to be a good dad. But I was a failure at times. Our Heavenly Father, He's a perfect Father. I did my best. I just came up short. He's perfect. And He knows what you need. There were prayers I prayed growing up. I'm so thankful God didn't answer. Are y'all that way? There are things that I prayed for that if they'd come to be, life would look completely different. There were people that I thought should have been in my life that God didn't allow to stay in my life, and I'm thankful for it now. I look at some of their pictures on Facebook and go, wow, all right, God, you really, you really did good. We didn't, you know, and they look at my picture and go, God, thank you that I got out of that relationship when I did, right? He's a perfect father who knows what we need. Number two, this is the big one. And he sees what I can't see. Our father who is in What's it say? Where? I want you to write down a word. Ready? The word's perspective. We see life like this. We all have the ability to look in the rearview mirror and see life back this way. But all I see is what's in front of me. That's all I got. That's all you got. I know where I'm at, I know what I'm doing, I know what my dreams are, I know what my plans are, but all I got to this. We're praying to a perfect father, get this, who sees the beginning, and he sees the end, and he sees everything in between. He sees it. His perspective's different. So do I trust my perspective? So do I trust his? This past week, I had a gentleman named Mark Batterson on my podcast. You may have read Mark's book, Circle Maker, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, or Win the Days. He's a prolific writer, phenomenal pastor, just a great human being. And in the close of his book, his newest book is coming out in a couple months, this quote was in there, and it really made me think about today. He said, we live at the intersection of two theologies. The faithfulness of God is pursuing us from the past, and the sovereignty of God is setting us up for the future. The faithfulness of God is pursuing us from the past. When you weren't faithful, he was still faithful. When you didn't think about God, he thought about you. And the sovereignty of God is setting us up for the future. This notebook I keep in a drawer in my desk. And there's a reason I keep it. 
I got this notebook in 19, the spring of 91. I asked Ann to marry me in January at Liberty as kids, <laughs> we were kids, and we had big, big plans, man. That was January, and March, I came home, and I've told the story here before, and found out a job that I thought I had lined up was not lined up, and I'm getting married in October, graduating in May, and I don't have a job, and there is no internet, there, there is no indeed.com, there is no handshake thing for me to put my resume out. I mean, it just, none of that existed back then. And so, first page of this book, church contacts for jobs. There's three. God bless you, woman. But anyways, so there's, there's three on there. The next page, in fact, the second church there is in Decatur. And my next page is a note I wrote, a little note that I wrote before I typed. I don't know if I typed it or hand wrote a note, but it was a note to the chairman of their search committee thanking him for meeting me for lunch and just praying that God would lead them to the right person. Y'all knew who I thought that right person was. Everybody uh, know where the story's going, right? Who that right person being. I'm really praying that God sends you the right person, me, all right, because I'm getting married, me, because Anne might leave me, me, all right? And so those are all the things. And so that's in my, I didn't say that. But anyways, that's, that's the story behind the story of the note. And I remember getting the phone call back. Mike, I think we're going a different Y'all have gotten that phone call before? And I remember Ann going, did you hear back from them? I was like, yeah, I did. They're going a different direction. So, but I had three churches. So surely the other two are going to work out. No. And I remember, I, I remember sitting in Lynchburg, Virginia in my little nasty apartment going, I don't know what to do. And I get a phone call at my apartment from a guy living in Kennesaw, Georgia, who remembered me from a camp that we had done three years prior together one week. Met this guy one time at a camp, and for whatever reason, my name popped in his brain because the church he served at was looking for a youth pastor, and he thought it might be time for me to graduate, and he gets out the phone book that used to be this big thing. Uh, people look up numbers. So he gets out a phone book and he finds Lynch, L-I-N-C-H, in Fayetteville, Georgia, and calls who he hopes are my mom and dad and said, hey, is, this is a crazy phone call. Is Mike about to graduate? And they're like, he is. And could you give me his phone number? My church might be looking for a job. My parents felt led of the Lord. They didn't want me living with them, all right? And so they felt led of the Lord to, to like, please, here's this phone number, all right? And so they give me, they give me the, they give Rick my phone number. Rick calls me. I've been to Kennesaw, Georgia one time in my life. And I get hired at this little church, 30 kids. I'm gonna tell you something. I had big shovel dreams I thought I was gonna spend the rest of my life there. I was going back through this and I've got all the crazy names I came up with and ideas and I got the whole bit in here. I didn't see you. 
I didn't know that God's point of getting me here wasn't just to stay there, it was to be here. And some crazy chain of events, somebody told you about this at work or on a ball field or in a locker room and you ended up here. And then your friend ended up here. Why? Because God sees things we don't see. And because he sees things we don't see, we trust what he sees, not what we see. Does that make sense to everybody? Your delay, your detour, your distraction is not the end. It's just a delay, detour, or distraction. The answer's coming. And it might be bigger than you thought it was going to be. It might be greater than you thought it was going to be. I remember walking in my pastor's office there at that church, and soon I got pretty bored, and, and we, were, we were doing some pretty cool stuff, but I had dreams of what it would be like to start a church one day, and there was a church over here in West Cobb, 10 acres, get this, 10 acres, 400 seats in this church had come available for $400,000. Some of y'all paid that for your one-bedroom house. But anyway, so this was a church, $400,000. And I remember taking it to him, and he's like, nah, that's not the direction we're going. It was the end of my journey. I thought, I'm, I'm done. I didn't know within a year and a half the wheels of this would begin to grind. And here's what I'm telling you today. This perfect father has a perspective you don't have. And here's the word he wants from you today. Trust me. I got you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to lead you astray. I got you. And you know what happens when we pray? Our last little point. We align our heart with his. All of a sudden, what he wants is way more important than what I want because I know if the answer isn't what I want, something better must be coming. I'm praying over these next weeks we have together that you don't just pray prayers. I pray you begin to pray bold prayers. Chris Hodges, a great pastor in Alabama, said, bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers I don't know where you are today but I'm telling you I think some of you you're this close to beginning a life with the Lord that you never saw coming and it's greater than you could ever ask dream or imagine would you pray with me? Father, we stand in this and sit in our rooms today. And you know we're here. But God, for some of us, for the first time we discovered you're here. Father, my prayer today that 
this key of prayer will unlock a growth in our lives we've never seen. For some of us, it's the beginning. For others of us, we're on in the journey a little bit, but yet we've kept you in this little perfect box. For some of you that walked in today and you went, man, my God, I, I don't know, man. I'm telling you. I pray your bold prayer is, God, if you're real, show me. I don't know where you're at today, but I know this, he does. He wants to meet you there. Would you take a second and talk to him, would you?